0: Well, hello, and welcome back to another Skinner skilly edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I got some creepy, creepy, skilly, skilly stuff for you this evening. <laughs> well, how is everybody? Hope everybody had a great 4th of July or having one now because I'm recording it's on Monday. But uh, what I'm going to do today, I'm really not going to do any stories. I had a, uh, some family business come up, uh, some family stuff. My uh, nephew passed away Friday. So I haven't got anything researched because family's been coming in and stuff and been visiting with family. So what I'm going to do for you today, guys, is... um. Play episode 74 for you. Go down memory lane and we'll check that booger out. But I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you for the downloads I'm getting and the new followers. Remember, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach out to me too. But yeah, next week I'll probably be in in better spirits and stuff. I I just ain't got it. I haven't had time to research and I just... I ain't got it this week, guys. You know, nephew was like... 24 years old and he passed away because of his had can con, he had a some kind of heart failure so yeah it's just crazy but i'm gonna do that for you because another show must go on but uh next week we'll be back on track i will be recording and all that good stuff and uh i'll have some great stories to tell you so in the meantime just want to say thank you for all the listeners and everybody who follows and downloads and the subscribers so but thank you for everything. Or like I said, numbers are growing, so I love it. We're doing a good job, guys. But y'all sit back, relax, and listen to some. Uh, listen to episode seventy-four. I believe it's some old stories of the town I live in, my hometown of Mineral Wells. So, you guys uh, go check it out. Relax, and we will be back to tell you bye. But listen to this, and uh, we'll holler about you at the end of it. Welcome to Ghost Stories Told from the South, Episode 74. I'm your host, Stephen LeBooth. I got some great, scary, spooky stories for you today. Some stories of Wells, my hometown I live in. So, sit back, relax, put your headphones on, find a nice warm blanket. Hit play, and let's hear some skelly, skelly stories. (laughs) How you guys and girls doing out there today in podcast land? Hope everybody's having a good day, a good week. Sorry I'm a day late on this, I had my research done, but ah, my sister came over and my niece and Her husband, we kind of cooked out in the back, and before I knew it, it was like 10.30, so yeah, I didn't have time to record yesterday, but I am sorry about that. This one will drop as soon as I get it out there, so sorry if I'm a little late, guys. But I hope you've been having a good week. Hope your Halloween season's starting off good. Man, I'm glad it's Halloween. I mean, Halloween isn't here, but it's the season, baby, baby. I didn't wait till last weekend to put my uh, uh, Halloween stuff in the front yard. <laughs> I did it last weekend because I couldn't wait. <sighs> I love Halloween, man. I love the whole season. I wish it lasted longer, but it only lasts a month. But Christmas lasts for like six. They're already getting the damn Christmas stuff ready, and Halloween ain't even here. They was getting the Christmas stuff ready in Walmart in September last month. It's getting crazy. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Let me get a drink of water. Well, like I said, guys, I want to send a shout out to everybody. Last month was one of our best months. We almost hit 400 downloads. So, keep up, keep downloading, guys. Um appreciate it and thank you very much, guys. We're being heard in like 12 or 13 countries, I think. Our downloads are going up. Our subscribers are going up. So, hey. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, guys. Come on, man. Help a brother out. That's all you got to do, guys. I ain't asking for money. Just hit the like button. Give me some good five-star reviews. And subscribe and download, man. Hey, just help a brother out or I'll come back and haunt you. I'm just kidding. All right. I guess we will get on with it. Let's see what I got in my stories today, my little goos and guys. Okay. It looks like the first story I have for you is going to be about the uh, Haunted Hill House. It was built in 1892 by local pharmacist C.F. Yanker. Yanker. Imagine having that name as a kid. Hey, Yanker. Anyways, he built the uh, Haunted Hill House. It sits a few blocks east of Minowell's historic uh, Baker Hotel. For many years, the home was known around town as the Kelly House. (coughs) the kelly house because fanny yeager Yeager kelly and her sister lived there until the late 1920s according to the uh, haunted hill house website after these sisters passed away things turned a bit shady there are rumors of a uh, brothel that was there as well as the production of illegal booze during prohibition But no one has been uh, no oh uh, no one has any hard evidence about this. This is just kind of all rumor and you know. But I mean, they're not going to make it public if they're having a brothel and uh, making booze there anyway. So, well, okay, and a Google Boogle in 2013, Phil Kirchhoff. Bought the historic home. He planned to remodel the place and retire there. Due to the high level of the uh, paranormal activity, however, Phil abandoned that idea and turned it into a paranormal te- blah, 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 paranormal research center instead. According to investigators, Haunted Hill House has at least nine. This uh, nine. Different uh, entities residing there. Exactly who they are has not been uh, determined, but the most well-defined appears to be the uh, ghost of a six-year-old boy that haunts the place. The home is now available for ghost hunting groups and as well as those who simply want to experience a bona fide haunted house in person. Yeah, if y'all are really interested in this, uh, to come check it out. They really do tours, and you can stay the night there, and you get to use their equipment. They show you how to use it. But, yeah, they keep you in there overnight. So if you've ever heard of this place, I know it was on um, the show with with Jack Osborne. They covered it one time, and it was pretty scary when they was in there. And I grew up here. You've always heard stuff about it all the time. So, don't know what's real and what's not. But it's definitely haunted. But I'm not done with it yet. This is uh, some stuff off the... uh, There's a YouTube channel, too. If you go to uh, Russell Russell Rush Haunted Tour YouTube channel and look up the... uh, Haunted house, haunted hill house in Mineral Wells. You will find that's what he's talking about, and this is what this is talking about right here. It's saying uh, the video above speaks of the history of the haunted hill house in uh, Mineral Wells quite well. The home, which was constructed in the see, that says the eighteen twenties, eighteen wait eighteen eighties. That says eighteen eighty two. So and it has been uh okay here we go constructed in eighteen eighty it has been open to tours which has this after surviving its final years 50 to be exact a full-time occupation as a uh, mischief hospital tours said to have captured proof of extensive extensive spirits in the home do exist and an overnight fact that lockdowns over the course of the night are often held by investigating teams interested in the types of spirits they may yet reside there. A group can also book an overnight stay without the uh, equipment of uh, of of a team of paranormal investigators. Those willing to brave it can do it. I've been thinking about doing it and doing a podcast, too, while people are investigating and stuff. And, yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. I really want to try to do that. Okay. And, of course, this story talks about the gambling brothel house that was there. And, you know, there's, I mean, I grew up around here and. There's always been reports of a uh, satanical rituals rituals that went on there, and I mean, some say it's the portal to hell. So, it's a pretty uh, wild little place. And I can't remember the other uh, ghost show it was on, but it's tied to another house somehow up north. I want to say in Connecticut, but I'm not for sure. And it's called Have the he- uh, House on Haunted Hill too. And they, it also says that it's the portal, the portal to hell. But I can't remember. Remember, somehow these houses are tied together or something. I'm not for sure, but we will twiddly do. Okay, now we'll go to my next story. Okay, this is another haunted house here in Wells. Sorry, I was adjusting uh, my mic, uh, my microphone. Sorry if you hear a bunch of rattling in the background. It's just me playing with my microphone. <laughs> okay. The Whispering Cottage in Minerals, Texas is truly an amazing experience. So, it's important you see the episode, especially go to the location yourself and experience what is there. From San Antonio, it was 4 This is somebody else talking about their experience. So, here we go okay san antonio is about a four-hour drive so we couldn't wait to arrive in mineral wells and begin our investigation i rarely stay away from san antonio and austin so it was a nice treat to see the uh, beauty of texas as well as going to its haunted location when we arrived in mineral wells texas And parked next to the house, we were uh, greeted there with open arms and shown shown, shown around and told the history of the house. Overall, a little girl attempted to create a Ouija board and brought something she should not have to the house. After that, a lot of things happened in the house and a lot of residents that tried staying there... In the house couldn't do it, so they've been through a lot of. Uh, that is one thing I I do know that they go through a lot of rent. They when they did rent it out, they went through a lot of renters. You know, because people were like, "I it's staying there; it's haunted." Okay, the uh, Alice residence. Oh, Alice, she's one of the spirits there. She's a little girl, and it says Alice. Uh, Resides on the second floor of the uh, cottage and has a red ball by her side. There, there is some. There is some of the spirit that resides within her, that just wants to be in peace. During an EVP session, session with my ghost box, we uh, call to Alice and we hear someone say, "Oh God." Uh that's caught me off guard because I say this word all the time. But okay, here we go. Anyways, when they was trying to get a hold of Alice, they heard someone say, Fuck you. <laughs> Followed by Jeremiah telling me if he heard it. And then right after that, another another entity saying, Yeah. So one ghost said, Fuck you. And the other one goes, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> That's what threw me off. I don't mind the cussing, but I'm sitting here reading it, and I'm like, yeah. And then they heard a voice say, fuck you. And then another one go, yeah. After asking if Alice was here with us, with us, we hear her name twice by different voices. Very exciting so far. And just a wonderful feeling to capture such strong evidence on a on, on camera. As we uh, continued that section upstairs, Jeremiah kept provoking the entity. And some people say that's good, some people say it's bad. I know, I don't know if I'd want to do it. Because what if these some bitches push me down the stairs or trip me or bitch slap me or something? I mean, it's a ghost, you can't see them. I don't know if I don't want to piss him off, but anyways, as he kept provoking the entity in the next room of uh, of Alice the doll, I began to sweat large amounts of oil, which I normally do not do. It was very strange because I wasn't ever—I wasn't even hot. I did—I did, however, however, feel very sick, like I ate something ha- something bad once we all decided to take a break and went outside i felt better and stopped sweating after our break we went back inside to the uh oculant the oh to the occult room and that's where we decided to use the room with the mirrors facing each other in complete darkness that's pretty weird. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. But I'm sorry. If I was doing some investigation and I heard a investigating and I heard someone say fuck you, and then another voice go Yeah, I think I'd want to leave because them spirits sound like they might have some bad intentions. Or just a potty mouth. Ha <laughs> ha. As much as I hate to admit it, I could not do the uh, isolated room with mirrors facing each other very very long. During our talk on who is going to go first, we used the ovulus just to see what these spirits had to say. The main things that they said was argle and feeling. As we discussed how frightened we were about being in the being there alone, the way to use the room is to sit down in the uh middle and have a small candle between your feet in the uh emulation from the uh candle with would light up only your face. Uh, okay, so you sit Indian style, put it right there in your feet, by your feet and Light up your face. Uh, okay. After you have everything set up, you begin to stare directly into your own eyes, and soon, be, and uh, staring into your own eyes, and soon begin to see uh, strange things. In Jeremiah's interview, he explains how distraught that his face got. And how he saw <clears throat> other people in the place of his body, and was a complete and was at a complete peaceful experience. As for me, when those doors closed, I saw my mouth grin, and I felt hands appear all over me as if I was uh, going to be grabbed from every angle, and I could not handle it. I needed to get out of that room. That's crazy. See, I don't know if I could handle a fucking ghost touching me and shit like that either. Maybe I'm just a big pussy. Maybe I wasn't cut out to be a ghost hunter. Maybe I was just cut out to tell the stories. Um, Where was I at? As for me, Okay. Overall, the experience at the Whispering uh, Cottage was amazing, and I would like to go back because I didn't believe only one night uh, we could... uh, I could not believe that in one night we could cover everything that is there. Investigating takes time, and uh, I'd love to uncover the spirits of the house. I still need even even more evidence, and this is beginning to make me think I'm addicted to this my cursedly of unknown is just getting stronger my curiosity of the unknown is just getting un- getting stronger with every investigation yeah that's pretty cool here's some more stuff on it let's see well okay Okay, here we go. There has at least been there there have at least been 3 deaths, 3 deaths on the property. One a suicide, one a murder and one was an accidental death from a fall down the stairs. Uh they weren't given any names of these spirits in the house because the investigation did not want to plant anything in our heads and wanted to see if we could get the evidence in our own on our own. After uh receiving a one on one lesson on how the equipment worked, we set out to the investigation. Little did we know there was already active uh activity occurring upstairs that was caught on the that was caught on one of the uh, main IR IR camera cameras located (laughs) throughout the house the camera caught several orbs in the bedroom just floating through the air one came straight out of the wall so this is another investigation team that was there and they're talking about what they found Come on. Okay. Okay. So I decided to use the uh, ovulus to commute with this. Wait. Okay. This is a. Uh... I think it's okay. Never mind. I thought it was uh, the same one that said "fuck you," <laughs> but it didn't. Okay. I decided to use the ovulus to commute with the spirits, and I was not disappointed. I received several responses to questions I asked, and even said it even said my name. I sat in the uh, ocula, uh, uh, the occult room, for a while. On the ovulus, was very active in there. My boor- boyfriend laid his hand on the uh, Ouija table, and when he did, the ovulus said three words: person creep trip. Oh, shit which immediately gave me chills because my boyfriend, whose hand was on the table, has a broken back at the moment because he tripped and fell into a creek. Oh, God. No, we did not mess with the Ouija board at all. Shortly after that, my boyfriend went into the closet where the door had been known to open on its own. When he opened the closet door to come out, the ovulus said, "Closet." That's yeah, that's an investigation's pretty cool too. Then I went upstairs to an eat to do an EVP session with a couple of girls. While we were up there, I saw a uh, saw I saw an egg I saw an unexplained light. Shortly after that, there after that, I had this overwhelming sensation that I could only could only explain as feeling like I was being wrapped in energy in energy, I had goosebumps up both arms and it uh, lasted for several minutes we rece- We received the name we received the name Rose over the ovulus more than once, and the investigator said that is a name they have not heard there before we also received the name rose through the spirit box there was an overnight investigation and several of us uh, slept upstairs all of the bedrooms upstairs are connected and can be accessed without going out uh, out into the hallway we had several people sleeping on air mattresses and during the night I heard footsteps walking around. I assumed someone had gotten up and gone to the bathroom. I sat up and looked, and I could not, see, and I could see that everyone was accounted for on my side. The next morning, my friend that slept on the other side in the bedroom said she heard a couple of the others heard, heard uh, that she heard. Okay, let's go back. My friend that slept on the other side of the bedroom said her and a couple of the others heard footsteps and asked if anyone had been up walking around. The investigators told uh, told us early on that early on that people have been reporting hearing footsteps as we definitely did. As we were getting ready to leave the next morning, I saw packing up something and getting ready to walk out of the front door when I heard my name called. Naturally, I thought it was someone here in the living, so I turned my friend and said, yeah. She looked at me and said, what? No one had called my name. So that was their experience there. Yeah, see, it's a nice little two-story house. It's got some... I'll need to do the research and see... um uh, what kind of deaths happened on that property? I could find that out for our next episode. Sorry, guys. I had to get a drink. My old pipes will dry. All right. Okay, now the big story. We are going to go over the Baker Hotel in pretty good detail today. Okay, the Baker Hotel, as everybody knows, if you've ever been to Wells, Texas, <clears throat> you see the big abandoned hotel that's been abandoned since like 73, you think. But, Yeah, they call it the old lady or something like that. But, uh, excuse me. It's been there for years. Sorry about burping in the mic like that. didn't mean to. I meant to turn my head, but I didn't make it in time. Um, It's been abandoned for years, but it used to be like a big tourist attraction. It was one of the big uh, big hotels in the area. People would come from all around to stay there. But when the money left its town, it kind of shut down. People quit coming. Things closed, so now the city of Mineral Wells, they're trying to get it rebuilt and back in function to, you know, get it back going again. Oh, so, we're going to, this is like a three-part story. The first parts have a brief history of the Baker Hotel and Mineral Wells. Once a lavish hotel, the huge baker was the site of many wonderful times set in the backdrop of a bustling early 20th century. The baker was a reflection of all the, all that America was. The hotel, born at the beginning of the Great Depression, served the financial hardships of the era to witness the greatest war mankind has ever seen. Becoming one of the state's most lavish resorts, the baker built a magnificent reputation that attracted people from all walks of life for one reason or another. One may find the history of the grand uh, old hotel very interesting. The history could be key be a key to some of its uh, permanent guests that live there. In 1914, the Crazy Water Hotel was uh, built and became the center of act- of the of activities for Mineral Wells. But a div- vast, but a but a fire in March of 1925 destroyed most of the uh, building. It was then that. That a man by the name of T. B. Barker, a wealthy hotel businessman, decided to build a grand hotel in the in Miner Wells, based in the uh, based on the Arlington Hotel in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The Baker, the Tom B. Baker, owned several hotels throughout Texas at the time. Including the Saint Anthony in Gunther, the uh, Mid Midrin in San Antonio, the Stephen F. Austin in Austin, the uh, Texas Hotel in Fort Worth, the Dallas Hotel, oh, the Baker in the Dal- in Dallas. There's another Baker Hotel just like this in Mineral Wells, but it's in Dallas, and the Goodhue in Port Arthur. And the Gal, Galves, the Galves and Galveston, in the Ed, Edison and Beaumont, and the Sterling and Houston. That's all the hotels that Sky owns. So he was pretty which, rich, rich at the time. Construction on the hotel began in nineteen twenty-six and it was complete in nineteen twenty-nine at a cost of one one million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. the faculty oh okay Uh, where was I the faculty uh, reflected the spirit of the roaring 20s it's 14 story it forced uh, 14 story over the small town of 7,000 residents Like a brown brick giant, it had four hundred and sixty rooms, two complete spas, and what is said to be the first Olympic-sized swimming pool in the United States. It revealed any ho- that revealed any any hotel in New York or Chicago. So at the time, this hotel was better than Chicago or New York's hotels. Many's uh, min- uh, many's many celebrities visited or uh, performed at the Baker, according to the hotel hotel registers. The Baker uh, ho- uh, hosted the Three Stooges, Clark Gable, Judy Garland, Will Rogers, Marilyn Dietrich, General Pershing. LBJ, Jen Harlow, Sammy K, Jack Dempsey, Sam Rayburn, Helen Keller. Oh, my God. Helen Keller. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Ronald Reagan and Mary Martin. Just to name a few. According to the article in the Palapena County History uh, Book, Huh? Uh, one of the the bellboys that that would take the uh, you know the luggage up to people's room and stuff. He, uh, one of the guys there, said he says that Bonnie and Clyde, when they came through town, they uh, stayed there and gave him a two dollar tip. <laughs> and uh, many big bands uh, played there back in the day in the Sky Room. That was on top of the building or in the are on the first floor's uh Brazos room. Lawrence Welk remembered his remembered his starting out days at the Baker when he still had difficulty with English. Other entertainers of the time that visited the Baker included Guy Lombardo, Paul Whiteman, Dorothy Lamour, Lamar, and later Pat Boone. Hmm. And then World War II ushered in a new era for the hotel with the growth of nearby Fort Walters. The base eventually became the largest infantry replacement base in the country with 3,000 soldiers passing through its gates. In 1942 alone, the Baker was then at its uh, peak catering to both civilians and military personnel life in america however however began to change by the 1950s the fda cracked down on infinite advertising on cruel all advertising on cruel all toxins and minerals waters changed the way uh we viewed medicine basically people started using more medicine and stuff and kept and quit coming to mineral wells because that's why the town's famous because of the mineral water people thought oh if i go drink it and take spas and it and, oh it'll, it'll help me and it's just fucking water it ain't really gonna help you maybe in the long run a little bit but anyways when medicine started coming around you know kind of killed it but the new uh uh be antitopic drugs are prevented medicine soon became the uh healthcare mainstream uh, as the need for the mineral waters began to fade the interest the interstate oh yeah in the interstate <sighs> system that was put in the sixties in the sixties re, rerouted a lot of um Business away from mineral wells because no one would stop by here and came by here anymore because uh, you got I 20. Why do I need to go down to 180? Go down to one, uh, you know, 180 all the time. So when they put in that, it cut off a major financial artery to to the town. In 1952, Mr. T. Baker retired. Since he had no children, he left his hotel empire to his nephew. Earl Baker, who was already a successful part of the business, Earl Baker lived in San Antonio and said he would continue to operate the Baker in Wells until his 70th birthday. True to his word, on April thirtieth, 1963, The Baker closed its doors, but not for long. A group of civic leaders managed to reopen the uh, hotel in 1965, but very little profit, and the hotel uh, closed for good in 1970. In a strange twist of faith, Earl Baker was visiting the hotel for one last time on December 3, 1967, and he suddenly died of a massive heart attack. It was as if he uh, defaulted him a uh, visual blow for his years of declining glory and sub- subjected uh, ne- uh, neglig- negligence. And then after the Vietnam War the, uh, in 1973, the Army closed Fort Walters, yet another major blow to Minerwell's economy. By the late 1970s, the city had lost one-third of its population. The oil and gas industry moved, and it sparked some hope. But by 1985, it too went bust, leaving the town once again desperate for an uh, economic future. So like I said, they're trying to rebuild the uh, baker and stuff, get downtown looking better. So come see it. But that's just the history of it. Now yeah, that's just little beast beast little brief history of it. Now we're gonna go over the ghost of the Baker Hotel. All right, the ghost of the Baker Hotel. Excuse me. The stories of ghost and haunting begin in the baker long before it ever closed. A reporter who worked there during the 1950s, oh, a porter who worked there during the 1950s and 60s was the first known witness of the ghost of the uh, woman on the seventh floor. She was uh, possibly the mistress of the hotel manager. Distrapped from her affair, she jumped to her death from the top of the building. the uh well, the story goes the legend around Min Wells goes that was her miss- that was the uh, Mr. Baker's mistress, and she lived up there in the hotel and when she found out she was pregnant, she jumped out the window so the year of the incident was not has not ever been uh verified, but the room she stayed in apparently quite comfortably was a suit on the southeast corner of the seventh floor. Many have reported smelling perfume and her spirit is said to be quite flirtatious with men she may fancy. And I have heard that, you know, and it's a uh, ghost hunters came and did an invest investigation here. That was pretty cool, too. So, yeah, that was uh, that's one thing I've always heard. People have uh, have her, you know. Said that they've smelt perfume up there recently. A woman who worked as a maid in the hotel reported that on several occasions she found glasses in the room with red lipstick stains on the rims. This is what some of the uh girls that was the maids there that would go in and clean your rooms up and stuff thought so they would find lipstick on the rims of the uh glasses. This took place at times when no one else was staying in the room. Jane Catritt, who is assisted by Ron Walker, now manages the building. Ronnie manages tours of the building on weekends when time allows, and he is quite knowledgeable on the history of the hotel as we... Hotel, as well as the reporters of a uh, few sightings. Okay, that. Okay, let me go back. Okay, Ron manages tours of the building on weekends when time allows, and he is quite knowledgeable on the history of the hotel, as as well as the reports of a few sightings, of disbodied uh, guest. Ronnie reported one night that he was near the main lobby on the first floor when he heard the distant sound of a woman in high heels walking across the lobby, thinking the footsteps to be those of Jane. He yelled out to her, he yelled out her name. However, the footsteps faded away, and upon a few future investigation, Ronnie found himself all alone. Later, discovering that Jane had not been in the building that day, <laughs> on another oca- uh, occasion, Ronnie reported being on the seventh floor, resetting an electrical breaker on break an electric breaker to the Christmas lights, which continuously tripped every night during the display, and he was inspecting the fuse box. Attempting to locate the breaker switch, he heard the footsteps of an unseen person walking up to his left. Quickly, as if not to bother him, a bit startled, he turned to look and saw nobody. Ron spoke to the possible ghost and assured them to uh, that he meant no harm. After that night, the lights never tripped off again. So I guess the ghosts were tripping the lights off, and he's like, dude, I'm just trying to fix this, okay? (coughs) Another incident occurred during a tour of the hotel by a group of World War II veterans and their spouses. As the group entered the uh, Brazos room on the first floor, which was the main dining room and dance area. A couple suddenly stopped. The woman looked at her husband and asked, Do you hear that? He replied, Why, well, I certainly do. About that time, several other people in the group began to hear sounds of dishes and silverware and clanging, as well as people talking with, an orchestra, with orchestra music in the background. Most of the people there reported these events. It has never happened before or since. According to sources, but the witnesses were sure they were experiencing the ghostly encounters of the long time past. I mean, just think about the parties they had there when this town had money and all the people were like, hey, at here. Let's fancy a party. Uh, where was I? is oh okay now we're going to go with the fresh air ghost a young woman who worked at the uh at a local drive-through bank in the early 1990s reported that she and other tellers had their workstations facing the huge hotel during slow times they noticed hotel windows would open and on various floors. Later, they had noticed these windows would be closed and others would be open. After a while, they began to take note in account which were opened and closed. The pattern changed. One of the girls told the others it must be the man who lives in the building and takes care of it. After that, the uh, interest sees that consisted and they stopped noticing the strange thing is that no one has ever stayed in the Baker at any time since the closure. I remember hearing stories about that. People saying that the bank tellers could sit there and, and some of the windows are broken, but they'd be closed. You know, <clears throat> one of the girls. Oh, yeah, okay. That was about that was the fresh air ghost, cause he opens and shut windows or the woman, whoever it is. And this is another ghost called the anonymous physic nostalgic ghost and Shaggy Dog. In the spring of two thousand, I spoke with local Minerwells Wells woman who claimed to be a physic physician and she was wished to remain anonymous for fear of ridicule in such small town well that makes sense and i for one certainly understood she told me ever since she was a young girl she has had the ability to see spirits she said she had been in the baker many times and had even managed a shop managed a shop on the outside the outside first floor of bank in the early 1980s. Now, I will say this. When the hotel, like, shut down, there were still businesses, on, like, on the outside. So it wasn't, like, closed down 100%, but there were still people there with their businesses. She had been... Okay, many times. Okay, she said... She said, these stories are true. The baker is very haunted, but not like we think. Most goes... Most ghosts did not necessarily die at the Baker, but returned after death because the hotel represented a wonderful time in their lives. That's true. She went on to say that most of these spirits in the hotel do not want to be seen or heard with the exception of a small child, a little boy, about six to eight years old. He was one of the uh, ones... He was oh he was one of the only ones to communicate with her. He told her he died in the hotel apartment in 1933 when his parents were seeking uh medical treatment for his leukemia. See back then people were coming here to try to use the water to cure everything. <clears throat> she reported she reported a large, shaggy dog that would always uh, that accompanied the child. He also bounced a ball to get her attention, and he was watched by an unknown older woman who was always near him. The uh, physician went on to uh, or the psychic went on to tell me that spirits do not necessarily look the age they were when they died. Some were employees of the building. One, she she said, for reasons she didn't understand, was a helicopter pilot who attended basic training at Fort Walters. And in the 60s, he was killed in a helicopter crash while at Fort Rocker in Alabama. He had returned to the Baker with his uh, body in the same traumatic state that resulted from the crash. So... Just goes to show you if a place really impresses you and stuff. So, we'll see how it looks when it gets open. But that's one thing I am going to do. When it does open back, we're going to do so, do a podcast there. Maybe we'll catch some spooky ghosts. All right, let me get a drink. And we're going to go on to the last part of the Baker, the investigation. Okay. Let's get on with the investigation. Hmm. Okay. With so many so many sightings in such a landmark, it was time to see if any of it could be proven. In October of 2002, paranormal investigations investigation teams DFW ghost watchers from Dallas and Lone star spirits from Houston were c- contacted to perform a full-scale investigation excuse me with about a hundred thousand dollars worth of high-tech scientific, scientific instruments the teams begin a full-scale research mission on the Baker they took three visits to to complete to complete it because it's such a big place, and you they really investigated it good. Investigate investigator Dusty of DFW using a digital camera <coughs> photographed hundreds of orbs. <coughs> orbs of, orbs, according to some experts, are actually spirits of the dead. Orbs were photographed throughout the building with the largest concentration beginning in the basement. And on the 5th and 7th and 14th floors, Dusty also captured an orb partly hidden behind a door, which she said was was most unusual. So the orb was like kind of hiding behind the door she was she was captured she also captured what appeared to be two very distinct or two distinct echo mist apparitions in the fourth 14th floor ballroom another photographer slash investigator whims that's his name was taking still shots with a 35 millimeter camera at the same time and captured what appeared to be another ectomist above the first, photo- first photographer. Another psychic who accompanied the team reported seeing an old man in a wheelchair in the southeast corner of the barroom who kept saying, I can't, I can, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Imagine being a ghost and stuck in a loop like that. That would suck. That would suck ass. Fuck that. Uh, hope that don't happen to me. One, on one night, the fifth floor was the most active. Donna, the psychic with the group, felt hesitant and uh, nauseous, as she moved towards the uh, west end of the fifth floor, she said she said someone was trying to make the team sick so they can so they would have to leave. She refused to go any further in that direction. Later, members of Lone Star Spirits, who visited the area, began to choke and cough, all at this all around the same spot. Unware of Donna's earlier experience. Donna was then uh, drawn to, the, to a room on the north end of the fifth floor where she sensed a young woman making rustelic sounds with her dress. Donna reported the young girl to be moving to a fro, making sure her makeup was just right. She said the spirit would have would move around the uh man in the group and was especially attracted to a certain one. She went to say she she went on to say she sensed a man about to knock on the door to escort her to a dance in the sky room. Another psychic named Wayne later joined the group on the fifth, fifth floor and confirmed Donna's findings. He added that he had picked up and dis- dis- or a discomfort on the west end and said the area was accompanied by a large, disgusting man who wanted everyone to leave. Wayne said he found... Wayne said he found suffering and disease in the area. Well, probably, like I said, people would come here from around the world, or the United States, especially, to bathe in the crazy water. Drink the crazy water. Oh, where was I? He found suffering. Okay. The time-lapse video camera was placed on the first floor of the Brazos room, and over a four-hour period, various objects appeared moving. Uh, 151 objects to be exact. The room had been closed off to the party, and entrance was not allowed by anyone living. The object could have been dust motes reflecting light, but some were moving orbs. In an audio of the basement elevator area captured the distant sound of a man screaming in agony. Well, because they say there there is one reported death there of the elevator cutting a guy in half or something like that, so that makes sense. Uh, where was I? A different group recorded the same sound in, in a, on another investigation in June of 2001. It would have been uh for any def- difficult for anyone on the team to uh mimic the sound since the area had been locked to keep everyone out. One of the unexplained one explanation mem the members gets nauseous whenever she gets around haunted places at the baker's, she was unable to stay more than a few. Minutes before she was forced to leave, very ill. I've noticed, I've seen that with some psychics before on TV. They'll have to leave a building because it's there's just too much stuff in there. Uh, digga, 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 where was I? Okay, a few minutes before she was for, okay. In May of 2001, nine journalism students from Weatherford High School spent a Saturday night in the hotel. Not really putting much interest in the ghost stories, the group, of course, thought differently after their visit. A picture taken from one of the students on the uh, 14th floor ballroom shows them enveloped, by hundreds of or in en- envelope en- enveloped by hundreds of orbs, which they never actually saw another picture taken by only the only female in the uh group okay, where was I? another picture taken by the only female in the group captures what appears to be the profile of a of a blood of a blonde woman's head. No one in the group had blonde hair. Okay, had blonde hair, let alone long blonde hair. The picture was taken in a uh, in the in a darkened room. Yeah they said you could really definitely see the blonde hair and see the figure. There was so much activity in the building it may be one of the most haunted places in texas if not the country one psychic claimed to have uh, connected at least 49 different spirits in the building then the investigations are not complete and are certainly being uh, continued by the goss ghost another professional paranormal investigation team with so much paranormal activity the baker has become a hot spot for investigators it is hopeful that in time more proof of the relentless spirits uh, will be documented. Okay, now we're gonna go over the afterward. The afterward. Okay, don't know what that means. Well, anyways, that finishes it up. Now here's. Uh, Some of the stories I've heard about the place is, uh, of course, you know his mistress, but there's also one ghost there too that um, she uh, she well, it is a she, she was on the uh, upstairs or something, and she was like. Her and her boyfriend were fixing to go down to swim, and she's like, hey, I bitch! I can jump from up here and make it in the pool. And he's like, don't do it. Well, she did it anyway, and she fell to her death. Didn't even make it anywhere near the pool. <laughs> <clears throat> There's that story, and, of course, uh, the bellhop, you know, getting chopped in half on accident because the elevator. So, yeah, but it's a hotbed for stuff, and I guarantee you want to go check it out. Now, I used to go in there when I was in high school, you know, sneaking, sneaking in there in the 90s, you know. Of course, by it wasn't really closed down long in the 90s. I mean, it got shut down in the 70s, so in the 90s, maybe 15 years, maybe 20, when I was going through it. But Well, I hope you guys enjoyed my stories today. That was the Baker Hotel and the house on... The Haunted Hill House and the Whispering uh, Willow Cottage. So, I hope y'all enjoyed the stories, man. Like I said, I'm gonna get some more mineral well stuff next week for you guys. But I am so glad Halloween's here. Want to say, go check out our YouTube channel. Go check out Facebook and Instagram. And we are on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, iHeart, Amazon, iTunes. We are everywhere, guys. You got no excuse not to find us. We're on uh, Anchor. So y'all come check us out, man. Ghost Stories Told From The South. I'm glad you guys uh, listen, And I'm glad I got my, my audience keeps growing. I can't thank you guys enough. But this has been Stephen LeBouf with cool stories told from the south. (laughs) I hope I didn't scare you too much with these creepy stories of hotels and houses. Hmm. Well, I will see you next time, guys. Have fun scaring people. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Sorry, I'm just not much in the spooky uh, mood today, man. So. But I will be right back on it next week and all that. Just let me get through this week with the, uh, with the, with the, with my nephew and all that and with his passing. So I will be back next week full in swing, ready to scare the bejesus out of you. But you guys are always good to me. Love you. Be good and be safe, guys. But we will see you later. Bye.